0: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.
1: Although Black architects attain the same education, perform on the same project teams, and complete similar project types, historically their credentials are questioned and their work often goes unnoticed. We're here to change that. I'm Karen Burton.
2: And I'm Sandra Little. And this is Hidden in Plain Sight, and that's spelled S-I-T-E. The podcast where the world can get to know the very significant contributions contemporary and trailblazing architects have made to the profession, the community, and major cities across the U.S.
1: All right, we are rounding out our season one of noir design parties hidden in plain sight podcast
2: we've been authentic right we're new to this podcast world and we have learned a lot along the way we appreciate everybody listening to the episodes I'm hoping you're enjoying the stories and the voices as much as we have and we just have to say we need to hear from you right we need to know how everybody's feeling about everything. So so please like and subscribe on whatever media outlet you're on. Send us a review and let us know what you're looking for. You can also hit us at hello at NoirDesignParty.com and let us know uh, how you're feeling about everything. You know, Let the let the new podcast people know how you're feeling. Karen. Yes.
1: You can also find us on social media at Noir Design Party. Leave us a message there too. We're all over the place.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you can find it. In a good way. Yeah, you can find (laughs) it.
1: You can find it. So yeah, just
2: let let us give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. So we're excited today, though.
1: Yeah, today we are talking with licensed architect Brian Cook. Brian is the current president of NOMA Detroit, National Organization of Minority Architects, the Detroit chapter. Uh, This is his second go-round as president of NOMA Detroit. Uh, He is also the director of the uh, Berardi Partners office. Uh, Berardi Partners is uh, headquartered in Ohio, but they have a Detroit office. And they tapped Brian to run that office for them a few years ago. Brian is also the principal and founder of Develop Architecture. Uh, He founded that company in 2015, and he is doing some amazing work Not only is he working with small businesses in the city of Detroit on their storefronts and retail, restaurants, small business projects, he is working on uh, the first 3D printed house in the city of Detroit, which is innovative, fantastic, amazing. Uh, He is the architect for that project, and he's going to tell you a bit about that. Uh, there's so many things that we've talked about with, with Brian in this episode because he's doing so many things to highlight architects and architecture in the city of Detroit. So um you'll hear more about his work uh with the youth. Yes. Uh and getting them interested in architecture. So uh we're just happy to be talking with Brian because he uh he is so excited about architecture oh, yeah, and the yeah. and the way that Uh, He can present it to not only his clients, but people in the community, and he knows it's not just for him and to grow his practice. He is doing it to help uh, move young people, to encourage them to find innovative ways to work in the architecture profession.
2: Yeah, Brian is, uh, uh, like I said, full of energy. He is, um, I have to, I have to give it to him though. So being, for being a advocate in the profession of architecture and working in architecture profession, it wears you out trying to serve the profession as well. And he has been a two-time Noma Detroit president. Um, So that is a tough role to fill. It's like because there are only so many of us licensed, right? He served a role and went on to say, okay, I want to be conference co-chair for a national conference to come to Detroit along with Karen as a co-chair. And then he came back and said, Oh, we need somebody to serve this other year. I'm gonna come back again and serve as president. So he's he's definitely he's kind
1: of following in the footsteps of somebody else I know.
2: <laughs> I so I did two years in a row, but I didn't leave didn't. and come back. So that was that was the difference. But he has definitely uh that's definitely been working hard to help keep our our chapter alive and and moving. And you can see that in the work that is uh going on with uh Nobody Detroit and um his love for Project Pipeline mm-hmm. has really helped us keep that flourishing here in, in Michigan.
1: So Brian is the the one who actually started Project Pipeline in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he started on the west side of the state and then brought it. Uh when he came to Detroit he Really encouraged us and pushed just us to do it in Detroit. To, right. to do it here in
2: Detroit, yeah. so. and it's it's all connected, right? It's like he yes. he came here when he was in Grand Rapids, came back to Detroit, went to the conference here, and came back, went to Grand Rapids, implemented there, and it came right. back to Detroit. said hey, we got to do it here too, right? So, right. So just just a hard worker. We really appreciate him, and I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this conversation today. So now, Brian
1: Cook. So uh, today we have Brian Cook, registered architect, Noma, uh award-winning architect. Yeah. So tell us your Detroit design story.
2: So I was
0: born in Detroit and and again, I, I only explain myself to people who live in the area in Detroit mm-hmm. like cuz I was just, you know, anywhere else I just say I'm from Detroit like mm-hmm. they, they don't know right. Southfield. Right. Um, but I was born <laughs> in Detroit. Actually, grew up on the east side and uh, went to Tricks Elementary, went to Boys and Girls Club over there on Shainer and Eight Mile. Okay. Tricks is no longer there. Well, they I think the school is no longer operative. And then I found out, I was like, oh, the Boys and Girls Club's not there anymore. And it, but I found out it moved. But I was so sad when my parents moved us out of Detroit because I would uh, walk to Boys and Girls Club. And mm. I mean, I was only, it was even in the fifth grade. But that's just because my parents worked so much. So I'm walking back and forth, and I just, you know, wasn't a problem because uh, I went to tricks, and then the the boys and girls club was right right there. So I would leave school and go right to the boys and girls club, and you know, that's where I did all like early woodworking and you know, found people. And then when we moved to Southfield, they didn't have boys and girls club, mm. so I was like, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so, but <laughs> fifth grade on, I you know lived and grew up in Southfield and uh, went to Southfield High, then. <laughs> made the transition to school and found out about architecture in high school. So I I took a drafting class in high school and was like, oh, wow, I can combine my drawing skills and math and make things that are on a huge scale. Yeah, I'm doing this. I'm I'm an architect. I'm going to be an architect, period. It, it was really that simple. I didn't, I did not waver after that, after I kind of like had that in my mind. I mean, I think I flirted around with electrical engineering for a, mm. a, just a second, but that was because I was doing robotics at, at the same time, my senior, my junior and senior year. So I was on the robotics team and uh, yeah, we almost won nationals one year.
2: That's interesting. Okay. Right. I'm impressed that he said he understood scale and doing things on large scale. I wasn't there yet. I, I, I knew it was about buildings, but I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm doing stuff on larger scale. That's, that's kind of impressive yeah yeah
1: but this robotics thing though is uh foretelling yeah I was
0: I you know it was just it was just one of those things like I just it was something different and just some of my other friends were doing it so I'm just like hey let's do this you know I played college yeah I'm not college geez high school football but you know bad knees early on I was like oh this there's no career in this I just I just (laughs) dropped it like it wasn't even a discussion so yeah just went robotics and then but you know once I found out of architecture I was like that's what I'm doing so First, I'm first generation four year degree. My okay. dad had went to associates. a Couple other, you know, family members had associates, but like first first one to have go to a four year school, especially in something in a professional degree uh, like this. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I I chose Lawrence Tech because they gave me a laptop, <laughs> and uh, and I could start. I felt like I could start learning sooner, mm. whereas some of the other schools it seemed like I had to take through records and all that stuff it's like I don't even know really what I'm doing I
1: can't yeah I don't want to wait yeah. two
2: years to figure that out
1: yeah that's smart yeah, yeah, that's, yeah.
2: That, that was the kind of what led me to Lawrence too, just the jump same thing. right into architecture yeah
0: I said so, but I didn't know anybody I didn't I didn't know anyone in the field I didn't even know anybody in, in construction like I I had no concept of really what I was actually getting myself into I really didn't I really didn't know like it wasn't even like looking around at buildings and like, oh, I want to do that. No, it was strictly like I could see myself doing this thing. Like Sandra said, it's, it was about a scale thing because I was like, I don't want to be doing designing these small parts that go into this other thing. And that was it. Like, I, I truly did not understand what I was getting myself into. <laughs> so what did
2: you what did you get out of your drafting classes and everything when you had in high school?
0: It was actually just use a pencil, use my creativity, You you know, Get in that technical side, really, just actually. And then the funny thing is, my my teacher was like, "You need better, uh, uh <laughs> you need better lettering. <laughs> and like, you're, you're and you're like you're not spinning the pencil of it, it. Like my line weights weren't even great enough. Like I wasn't even the best. I was like, I don't care. I'm doing this. Like it, I'll figure it out. Like it, Like he he got me on it. And it, even though he like he was like, yeah, you gotta work on your your uh, lettering and stuff like that, and yeah, I, when I got to school, mm-mm, nope, we we got the CAD, so I was oh I don't have to worry <laughs> about that anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it was just it was that simple, just just being able to you know apply that, you know, able to focus my creativity, right? Be able to express it, but like kind of contained in a big way. I think that's where my head was at. I never, I never actually thought about it really as much as I talk about it. but never really thought about. process but like it definitely wasn't like i looked at a building or anything like that it was like "Mm, i just made a decision (laughs)
2: decision make it happen Mm -hmm. so you like two years into classes and then what were you thinking like okay i could i can keep doing this
0: so i did everything about college wrong except graduate and get pretty good grades (laughs) you know i went to i was a commuter i was i went to a commuter school Mm -hmm. i I literally like (laughs) i went to lawrence tech and i lived five six miles away. So for me, it was just like, oh, I got to graduate. Whatever it is in front of me, that's what I have to do. Like, I, I didn't have any expectations going in other than I'm going to learn about architecture or how to be an architect. Like, mm. found out that you had to go to accredited school. And that was about it. It was like, oh, if I, get, I finish this, I'll have some knowledge to move forward, you know, with this career. Um, so I'm in school just at school. It was opening my mind. I, I will say that to and that's why I took a certain professor because he was very challenging in, in, you know, the thought processes that I had and may not have been on the same page about everything, but you know, I, I took him a couple of times because I know he was gonna challenge me and just like totally different way of thinking and but beyond that I would just move forward.
2: It wasn't about the art side of architecture. It was about for you the end product of being an architect and the end product of creating these buildings that really, like kind of a mastermind thing, right? You like, <laughs> yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah, now that you say it, I think it,
0: yeah, I think it was more about that. It wasn't, I mean, it, it about doing something cool, right? But it was more something on a grander scale or something, uh, uh, longevity, right? Something I could do for a very long time.
2: So did we, we've been asking people this because I know I didn't hear about it. But did they talk to you about the economy and architecture when you were in school?
1: How uh, it can be cyclical with, you know.
0: It was more like the what I got in the economy sense was that you weren't going to get paid. Mm. That was about it. Okay. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's about all I got was was that um but then, you know, when they say that I was like I only half believe them, yeah. honestly. I also didn't care. Like, I, right. I, I, was, I was so focused. Like, I actually didn't right. care. Like, I didn't care.
1: <laughs> my thought was, hey, if I'm good, I can make a lot of money. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> that was my also thinking. I was like, eh, we'll see. Only half believe it. And I was like, well, I'll get, that, I'll get out there and I'll see. But again, I didn't know anything about other professions. Like, I didn't know how much I should be getting. I Like, these weren't things I was, like, thinking about. Until, like, after i done school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you never, th- you never thought about any other careers before you started? You never said, like, hey, I could be a lawyer or an architect. I could be a doctor or none of that. It's just, like, arch- nope. just
1: I just focused on architecture.
0: Yep, it was just architect. And then, uh, I mean, the only time I had, like, even a question of faith, so to speak, it was, I want to say it was after I, I got my bachelor's. And I had not had an internship I, at all. I'd never even been in an architecture office at that point. Hmm. I was recovering from my knee injury and like nothing in architecture was moving forward. Nor did I, like I said, I knew absolutely no one in the field. So I had to like, it became a really a question of what I wanted. And actually one of the things that I've done, I did in that moment was like, all right, well, let me just write down some things. So I I had a half sheet of paper gone now. But at that time, I wrote down half sheet of paper in pencil. My goals for like the next, I don't know, 20 years. And that was it. Like, and I kept that half sheet for quite a while. I don't know where it went, but honestly, I accomplished.
2: What what were some of the goals? You got to give us two. What were two of the goals? I can give you almost all of them because I've
0: uh, pretty much accomplished them. Wow. Uh, Okay. Okay. That's great. It was get my master's, uh, become licensed get married, buy a house, have kids, own my own firm. And then I think I did have the Pritzker prize on there. I, I want to say I did have that. <laughs> all right. But, all right. Yes. So I haven't right. done that one, but I mean, it, i put it on the list
1: and that the, should be on, on your board somewhere. Pritzker prize. Yeah. Uh,
0: I was like, not a thing I was like, I'm not, I'm not really, I hadn't thought about that one in a, in a minute, but Yeah, so that was most of those, like, that was like, wasn't like crazy, crazy goals, a lot of just life stuff. And the funny thing is, I bought the house before I actually got married, which that one surprised myself. So, um, like, you never know what happens. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I ended up finding a job. I ended up finally getting my first job. So, where's your first job? It's actually with ABE Associates, Andre Brooks and Associates, civil engineering company. And what was amazing about it, it was an all black office. Literally everyone was black in the office and had the diaspora, right? Like, yeah, Andre from South Carolina. Uh, you had Millard uh, Wright, who was the architect that uh, really inspired me to move forward. He was Jamaican.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you had our IT guy who was Beninian. Like, I did not know anything about Benin until I met Claude then you have Somalian, then you have a bunch of folks from around town, but like just seriously characters in the show. Like honestly, it was in, in, <laughs> the, in the best way possible. Like when I left there, I was sad because I was leaving the people, right? Not necessarily the work, but it was the people because yeah. it was it was good and they were, all, they were all really great people, but I also knew that I grew out of that space, but that's where I come to. you.
2: How long was that after school? Like, 'cause that's totally different from you going to a an predominantly white college and then going to work for an all black firm. Was it right after school?
0: No, it was nine months. It took me nine months to find my first job.
2: Mm. After after your bachelor's or your master's? Bachelor's after my bachelor's. Okay.
0: This was oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. So in the downturn, so I had a full time job and it really wasn't going anywhere because we were doing actually the water department, we we're converting their drawings from hand drawings to they were digitizing them, mm-hmm. we were digitizing their drawings. There's a lot of drawings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so during that time I was like, all right, Lawrence, uh, I could go to Lawrence and still work full time, um, so I did. And actually that was, I was going crazy at that time. Cause I was still working my bread job while I was working my architect job because I had gotten the job and I, you know, kind of facetiously said like, I could start tomorrow. And they were like, okay. And I was like, Oh, that was okay. <laughs> so I, I didn't quit my other job. I just worked like the weekends because I was working only like 20 hours a week or something like that.
1: You sent a know. bread job.
0: Yeah. Aunt Millie's. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Was, wow. Yep, okay.
0: Yep. I was slinging bread.
2: Hey, so I thought you meant like you know like this is my making so bread I kind of bread. Yeah, right right right. <laughs> so no, I I Side making bread. What is a Literally bread. Okay. bread.
1: So wait a minute. You were working uh two jobs, full and part time, and going to school full time.
0: I think I worked a full. I worked a whole year working seven days a week. Wow. Just because I had spent like nine months not working not working <laughs> <much at all. laughs> so yeah i spent about a year just working every day just cuz like i had nothing better to do honestly and then i went back back to school graduated with a masters and it's time to move on so i moved uh, went to uh grand rapids and uh started working at progressive ae which i then finally realized why you go to college and it's like Oh, the network because like everybody, almost everybody, a progressive was a Lawrence Tech grad. I was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, again, like i I got through my master's, still not even understanding that piece of it, right? Like,
2: it's 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 kind of weird too like we talk about diversity, right, in firms, but it's also too diversity in what schools you go to to look for people, right? Because right. you right. always go back to the school like that you you know went to like yeah they like, yeah, launched that grad they should be good right it's like <laughs> work
1: that alumni network yeah so you were in uh grand rapids at progressive ae how long did you stay there
0: four years
1: okay and it was at
0: abe for four years
1: oh okay, okay. so what kind of projects did you work on with progressive
0: so i was so again not knowing a lot about this industry i was so excited i you, i kid you not i was so excited because they were like you're gonna work on toys and Us." i was like what like <laughs> heck yeah i'm i'm like i was so excited like i did not understand at all what that actually meant but i was so excited and it just so happened that i, I didn't get to work on too many because actually it was it was the beginning of the decline and then i understood what prototyping was i was like Oh, okay. Still excited because I, I got to go to this. I, owned, I ended up only going to like one of the stores because like, again, they had a bunch of people and then I got transitioned on another project, which I don't know if my NDA my still holds there. <laughs> like it, it got ridiculous. Like they had a whole uh, section of the office like closed off because they couldn't talk about this super secret project. And I was like, okay. And then I ended up on it and it was just like, A bunch of office renovations Uh, like but what was happening the reason why there was secrecy is because they were revamping completely revamping their business so whatever city they were going to they were going to fire people and like Mm. restructure the whole company right it's bigger than architecture (laughs) yeah i was on that project for two and a half years and i learned a lot It was office renovations across the country. So like high, we're doing high-end office renovations for a newspaper that was becoming more of a digital newspaper. I was doing the production, right? So we had this decent-sized team. And then as we moved along, people got tired of this, got tired of that. And like toward the end, I was literally the only production person with three Mm. project managers above me, (laughs) like giving me all the work to do. Yeah, (laughs) I think I had knocked out like, it was like 96 that's that scale between three thousand and a couple ten thousand square foot spaces like two-story in fact nola i think it's nola news it's been i've seen it in tv shows and stuff i did all the drawings for that like okay i was like oh wow that's me yeah wow so so yeah it was that was a crazy project and what i tell i'll tell young people when i'm when i'm talking to them about specifically that experience is like i was stuck on that project like (laughs) they weren't moving me off of that like i was at that point I was too efficient. I was in with the team. I already knew. So I was like, all right, so how can I learn more without having to do something else? Right. So I took an earbud out and just started listening to what the project Mm -hmm. managers were talking about, Mm -hmm. because mostly they were just dealing with landlords and becoming the leasees. So they were in negotiation, you know, all that time. So I'm hearing the same things over and over not realizing until later, it's like, oh, okay. So this is what that means. So now I know what a tenant agreement is and I know what we should be looking out for and this, that. So like 90% of my knowledge, I, I you know, offer my clients on both sides, on the landlord side and on the tenant side is like, I got just listening to
2: the project managers while I'm sitting there clicking away on, on CAD. We were talking old school stuff, right? So Old school architecture offices, like no headphones, because they wanted you to be submerged in what was happening in the office. They wanted you to hear the day-to-day things because mm-hmm. you can learn from other people's conversations. And then you do, you have people who just come in and plug in, but yeah, back in the day, like, no, you get those out your ears. It's like, man, am I really? Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so that I but I realized how important it was for me to to learn other reason for it was you know making sure that you can hear people coming
2: <laughs> right that's true too <laughs> that's a, yes <laughs> that, that's why i can't be i i don't i'm not the one that's all out in public like walking with earbuds on with earbuds like, nah, in like, no <laughs>
1: <"Mm-mm."> <laughs> i could never do that or the music or whatever is very low
2: <laughs> i said i, I did the one earbud thing when i'm walking and i'm listening to a book audio book or something I'm like i still mm-hmm. hear
1: <laughs> so four and a half years at progressive ae yep
2: and you were the production aficionado of everything, yes. so. yeah,
0: of that project, yeah. And I definitely, you know, wanted to, you know, move move on and grow. Uh, but actually, what I also noticed very early on going there, I didn't see myself being able to grow at that company. I mean, when I got there, there were seventy three people. Mm. When I left, there was one hundred and thirty, mm. and now that's eight years ago, nine years ago. And it, all the leadership is still exactly the same. So I didn't have a problem. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't really an issue other than the fact that you know, we had my first son. So like both me and my wife, our parents live in Southfield. So we were driving, we were literally driving every other weekend to show off the boy and let them play with him and stuff. Cause he was the first grandchild for both of them.
2: Oh, wow. So so you walk in the room and they just take the baby.
0: Oh yeah. that was Yeah. That was it. That was it. So, you know, it just, you know, why, why weren't we close to home? But I did create a, a bond with the folks over there. So Isaac Norris became my second mentor after Millard moved back to Jamaica. Um, Isaac Norris, he was one encouraging me. And then I think he was the one that kind of told me about NOMA and, you know, had a little group of folks, you know, over, over there talking about NOMA and, you know, being, doing NOMA stuff over there. And then when the conference hit in 2012, that was really my first exposure to Noma. So yeah, I'm five years into my career and just finding out about Noma and it was Detroit conference because I could sell that to Progressive like, oh yeah, pay for me to go, I'll go back home. You know, it's like, it's an easy sell at that time because they weren't, nobody was talking about Noma Mm -hmm. over there. You know, that's where um, I met, you know, everyone in in Noma and, and got inspired and realized like, oh wow, like, you know, there's more to this than just becoming licensed but then also realizing how important it was actually to become licensed yes and what that meant but seeing colleagues some of the folks that were my age doing some amazing things and i was like huh, what am i doing with my life like, it like it just made me question i was like uh oh, but i really got attached to the idea of project pipeline because i was like holy crap like i'm here but without any of that so i don't know imagine what imagine what some young person could be or do if they got introduced sooner right yeah what that could mean what kind of impact did that have so i just kept talking about it i kept talking like when we got back from conference and i met with isaac and some of the other folks you know we were meeting up like a little group but i just kept talking about camp project pylon gotta do a camp we should do a camp i wonder how we you know how we do this how we do that and then it was actually linda hayes because again i'm just talking i think this was like it was two years later obviously from the camp because 2014 is when we started so linda Hayes, who was amazing by the way yes first black female architect of the did city. you know that that she was the first when you met her uh-huh she tried to I like know. downplay it but then like isaac <laughs> Isaac told on her and she's like, oh. like <laughs> she so, does <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah yeah and i was like that's amazing right
2: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: i was like what are you talking about you're like burying the lead here and right like,
1: exactly exactly okay you know so That's very humble yeah 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 she is
0: and uh but she was like oh wait i was watching pbs and there's a grant that we can get the michigan architectural foundation grant for public awareness and i was like what's the grant and <laughs> that was my first question <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh yeah, all right, you get, you get money. All right, cool. So all right, we can, yeah, I I think I followed up and it seemed very likely that we would get the money. I was like, all right, cool. And then I was telling Isaac about it. He was like, oh yeah, I talked with uh, someone at Kendall College. They said they would do, give us a space if we had it. I was like, okay, so we have money. We have a space. I guess we got to find some kids and actually make this thing happen because <laughs> I've been opening my mouth about it. So. <laughs> So uh, there was like a group of us: Isaac, Zach, Rehers, Kirk Welsh, uh, Lamont Edwards. Um, there was a couple other folks from Progressive, Latrice. Um, a couple other uh, uh, young ladies from the engineering department at Progressive. Uh, Neil Estelle was helping, and we, you know, we started putting this thing together, um, taking a lot from some of the other camps. Just and and we did two days, because we were like, all right, we could do two days, like, sure, you know, just a little little snippet, because we also, it was free, right, we were going to do free camp, um, so there was about nine of us that were there for mentoring, uh, obviously, Linda was there, too, and we had about 10 students signed up, or 12 students, and we were like, yes, we're excited, we're planning, we got everything, like, ready to go, day of, about an hour or two into it, there's four students, we were all, like, uh but then we just kind of like refocused and we're like all right well we're gonna make this experience for these four students amazing yeah and we did and you know we had a great camp the students did a great job and from that camp right just four students the one young lady she was kind of interested in interior design maybe mm-hmm. and she came to the camp and now she's in Atlanta working for a construction firm with her architectural engineering degree from North Carolina A&T. Wow, nice! I mean, just, just, just her story like made it worth it. Like, yeah. right? Yep. We're eight years into it now. We've done eleven camps in the state of Michigan, and I'm like, I'm never dropping that. Like, <laughs> now, I may not be on the board or whatever, but you know, that's that's always going to be the thing. Like. Even if I can come out of my own pot. no, we're doing this camp. I don't care what y'all, like, hey, it, you know, call it whatever. But, you know, we, we're making this happen
2: just because, you know, I've already seen the impact. We're going to bring Brian back. Tell him we're not doing the camp. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you don't see that, Brian. I was thinking, you don't think you want to see that, Brian. I thinking, man, like, what are y'all doing? Oh, no. No. But, um. So that's been that's been really amazing. Just and then the fact that we've gotten to a place where like Sarah, you know, has been really taking the reins for it and just running with it and started seeing some real growth. Um, and the fact that we can, we're doing week long camp for free mm-hmm. for these students. I, I'm like, I mean, it's a flex on those other all those other camps that charge. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, I, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about
1: it. <laughs> So how many students have been in the camp in the recent years? I know we've had had COVID, and so you kind of expanded the territory during COVID, but more recently, or this year? I'd
0: say we average between 25 and 30
1: students a camp. That's great.
0: So, you know, it's not a huge number, isn't very manageable. And, you know, we did do it during a pandemic twice. We actually did two years of of Mm -hmm. virtual and that was that was pretty successful, right and it brought in some other folks who weren't at uh, both sides on um, students that weren't even in the state <laughs> they weren't even on right. the side of the country and then also uh some professionals who hadn't been involved right This gave them the opportunity to be involved because they got to sit at home and just be on the camera right so that was a different experience and then but then bringing it back was really nice this year to be back in person and you know get mm-hmm. the kids sketching and interacting and yeah, dealing with kids again, like yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> and they have a little
2: bit of more competition when they're in person too. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 they do. They really do. And it's so interesting that you put them up to the challenge and they they step up. We're always amazing what they can do, and I'm and I'm always surprised and I'm always really proud. And then I always gotta check myself sometimes and be like, you know, you're here to help them. You know, even if they're acting certain ways sometimes, like they might be doing that for a reason, right? So how can I help in this little mm-hmm. bit of time that I'm with them um, and encouraging them and um, empowering them as much as I can for, the again, this, this short amount of time. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So for today's Detroit City of Design Spotlight, we are focusing on youth architecture education here in the city of Detroit. Even though Brian Cook went to high school in Southfield, Michigan. Many of our guests attended Cass Technical High School. Cass has a very strong presence in the city of Detroit. It is one of the premier high schools in the city, Uh, and as many of the alumni will tell you, it it is the only high school (laughs) worth going to in Detroit. Yes. But they have a strong architecture and engineering program You will hear many of our guests this season and in future episodes talk about their experiences at Cast Tech, their instructors who motivated them and encouraged them to go out and get jobs at architecture firms while they were in high school. And uh, they learned quite a bit about the architecture profession, uh, about drafting and design while they were in high school, and that really carried them through when they started attending college. Some Black architecture students uh, never met an architect before they started college or maybe never had the experience of drafting and design. But CAST Tech gives their students a strong foundation yes. that students can carry with them. When they start their architecture program in college, yes,
2: and then across the school in general, they have a very strong alumni base. Yes. You cannot say anything bad about a Cast Tech uh, grad no, without all, all of them, all of them coming <laughs> for
1: you. All <laughs> right, right. And many of the Cast Tech students uh, now attend the University of Michigan's art prep program. So again, giving the students. Uh, a more in-depth focus on architecture. Uh, Sandra and I have had the pleasure of presenting to the ARC prep program a couple times, talking to the students about our noir design party project, introducing them to our trailblazer generation of architects. Uh, but the ARC prep program gives the students an opportunity to design an opportunity to um, get... Immersed in the community, and learn more about architecture and how they can make a difference in their community in Detroit.
2: And then there are there are other programs within Metro Detroit area. Lawrence Technological University um, has their own uh, educational youth educational program and educational program that was founded in Detroit. It's the Detroit Center for Design and Technology, DCDT. Um, they were actually created a headquarters in downtown Detroit, where their high school students, college students, and entrepreneurs, innovators, would all come together um, in studio spaces that were provided at Ward and Willis, and tried to definitely create a design hub within the city of Detroit. Uh, Now, the center is working directly with a lot of Detroit public schools. So they have done work with DEMBE program, which is a high school on the east side of Detroit that they um, actually, ran a studio out of that uh, school for a year and got those students engaged in redesigning their own park that is adjacent to the school. And then, now post pandemic, the center has moved from downtown and is looking to locate in Randolph Folk Technical School. So, Randolph is a Detroit public school as well that has a heavy base in construction. And it used to have a heavy base in architectural design and CAD program for high school students. And Lawrence Tech is bringing that architectural and CAD program back to Randolph. So it's just great to hear about um, the universities and their work to educate the youth in the city.
1: Yeah, so another university that's doing work in Detroit is the University of Detroit Mercy and their Detroit Collaborative Design Center. They have a six-week high school summer internship program where they bring in Grow Detroit Young Talent students, um, students who are actually hired by the city of Detroit and work with different organizations. And those students get a six-week immersion into architecture and community design. The D.C. director, uh, Sierra O'Leary, who we've had the pleasure, again, with Noir Design Party to work with uh, on a presentation, Um, She says that DCDC thought it was important for more students and Detroiters to get exposure to all of the different design fields uh, and especially architecture. So in this program with DCDC in the summer, the students got lesson modules that range from community design and engagement. Through uh, business development and portfolio creation, and I know business development was one of the things that was lacking even when I was in college. They weren't really teaching us how to go out and get the business, so that is very important for students who are um, going into architecture to learn how to find the work, because you got to keep your firm going, uh, whether you own it or whether you're working in it. Hey there, architecture enthusiast. Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote unquote fit in. But the environments
2: that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely successful.
0: You look at all these PhDs, They've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. They consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to, we have to prioritize people before products and before place.
1: Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past, and guidepost for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender.
2: Girl Detroit Young Talent Program is amazing. I mean, it literally touches 8,000 students across the city of Detroit and get them employed for the summer uh, internship experience. And I think it is a great tool for architects to use um, to help build the pipeline to get more diversity within the profession. I know I have used them over the past. When I had my own firm, I've done it at Quinn Evans and have, you know, interns come in for that time to, they, you know, when you go to the job fair, it's just amazing to meet them. They set it up as a job fair. You're able to find those students. Actually, those students find you, the ones that are right. interested in right. that are interested in art and architecture, come over to the table. And that is the first time you can make a great impression and get someone into this field. So we've had, um, I've had an 11th grader in um, our office, uh, was trying to decide between architecture and interior design. And she came in. For that time, worked on a neighborhood planning study. I was able to go to a community engagement event, able to meet people in our office and everybody kind of did a you know a tour for that student, um, uh, one each week during their eight weeks being there. And they were just able to see architecture, right? See us come in every day. It's a great uh, way for architects to use this, this vehicle that Mayor Duggan uh, with the City of Detroit has set up. Through foundation support and business support throughout the city, to have this great experience for Detroit youth.
1: Yeah, we were we uh, had Grow Detroit, young talent student as well, and she got to meet all of the architects that work in our space, got to interview some of them, and learn about how they started in the profession. And then we, our design party had one recently as well, so it is a great resource for businesses. And a great opportunity for the students who are in the program.
2: And then the Michigan Architectural Foundation does a lot of great things for youth within the state of Michigan. I really like the Dumkey Fund, which was, was just started in honor of Ray Dumkey, uh, who is the executive director of the American Institute of Architects for Michigan. And they've created this fund and this endowment where she has raised funds to get a hundred essential architecture books into the collections of libraries in Michigan. Uh, it is just really amazing how uh, you can allow kids as they're visiting with their families and libraries to come across architectural books that are targeted towards them. And and that actually opens up a gateway for them to find architecture as a career.
1: And then the Michigan Architectural Foundation also has a partnership with um, Detroit Public Television, uh, and they created these architects, A R C H I. TREKS Architrex, uh, a program where they have young architects explain uh, architecture ideas and different architecture activities that families can participate in together. So Brian Cook, uh, who is our uh, guest this episode, and we believe Tiffany Brown have participated in these architects episodes. So they're shot in Detroit and Grand Rapids and other places across the state. Students can see different prominent architecture buildings and go through their neighborhoods and find different architecture treasures. So it's a great way to introduce young children to the architecture profession.
2: There's a lot of great programs opening up. A lot of great pipelines into the profession, so I, I have to say that <laughs> good segue. Yeah, good good right? So this is our our, uh, our final cap to today's learning and education for youth is the Noma Pipeline Program. Uh, it was a program that is founded by the National Organization of Minority Architects uh, and then adopted by each of the chapters. So here in Michigan, we've had camps in Grand Rapids, Detroit, Kalamazoo. Um, and then in 2020, going virtual, opening up the doors literally to people from various states who experience the camp. The whole NOMA project pipeline, the camp is actually one part of a larger pipeline that, that um, the National Organization of uh, Minority Architects is putting together, where we try to meet people all along the way to help increase these numbers of Black architects, minority architects coming into the profession. And the camp is just one vehicle in that Um, That whole pipeline, we want to help everybody go from being interested in architecture to being licensed. But the camp has just uh, been phenomenal here in Detroit with youth and getting them interested in architecture and actually seeing some of those students actually go to architecture school. Yeah, that's the best part. That's the best part. So we'll get back to uh, more conversation now. So... When you started to do the pipeline, did that make you think about some of the things with your own career? Maybe if you would have done differently, because now you see, like, if I could have had this, I think I would have done, you know, blank. Actually, no,
0: I didn't really think about that because, like, this was the path. There really wasn't many forks in the road that I felt like, like, (laughs) this is where I'm going. Like, that was just my whole career. I feel like it's just been taking the next step because I had no idea where I was really going (laughs) other than I'm going to become an architect. And then, okay, well, now that I'm architect, what does that mean? Like I had to figure, and actually it's funny because like, that's where we are in my career is like, I still not licensed. So we started a project pipeline, we're doing it for a couple of years. I'm still not licensed. And then we're, we're deciding to move back because of really because of my son. And it was like, it really wasn't anything holding us over in Grand Rapids. other than me doing the camp there. The rest of the family was over here, and I could get another job, and I did. And I worked at Ford, and I will put it on blast. That was
1: literally the worst job I've I've ever had, <laughs> period. Just flat out. What was What was bad about it? It would. It was. Um. The the culture
0: was not anything okay. to you know write home about. The work was
1: just mind numbing and then so this wasn't this wasn't ford automotive design you were in the real estate
0: yeah it was yeah i was in the dealership design department so all okay. of our, yeah okay. all we really were doing was it was like prototyping it was
2: yeah because they, they do a prototype design for each of the dealerships right they usually yeah i've seen i've seen those done there
0: was no architecture to it how about that like it was just it, the, the whole vibe was just weird like i mean i that a oh, crazy amount of benefits it, like we had the schedule that the union had so like you know mm-hmm. all that stuff cool but like my my every day was just so like mind-numbing i, I was i it, like there was nothing to learn right that like this was the thing
2: so this seemed like a perfect time to uh take an exam then <laughs>
0: That, hey, that had, that last one, it was. <laughs> it, it very much was. And it was funny because I remember opening up that last exam. I'm holding Brian. He's like a little baby. And I passed. And I just like, <sighs> it hit me. Like, I was like, I'm licensed and I'm doing this. Like, this isn't, there's nothing here. So it was actually great that I had, we had moved back at the time, because then I actually became president of NOMA. So like, my mental space was still being filled up by stuff that wasn't work right so i'm you know pouring into noma a little bit we're doing project pipeline in detroit now so really just i think i was probably a little bit of a madman so anybody that knew me back then i was hyper focused on that or just like if it's just me i don't care we're making this happen and i'll find somebody else to come along with me but like we're making this happen and we did right we worked as a team and yeah, we really had a really great camp that first year and actually subsequently we've had really great mm-hmm. camps um and i don't know you know you've both been a part of but i got you know i got licensed and now i'm working in, the, in this place where i'm just like i'm not utilizing my architecture i'm not utilizing being licensed at at all in any kind of capacity so i just had to like find other things to get into so I started develop architecture at that time, but because like I got licensed, I was like, I don't know what that means now,
2: <laughs> but I was like,
0: all right, we'll, we'll just start a business. So I, I did do that, you know, so I could do some stuff on the side if I wanted to, but still didn't really understand that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I got into making board games and I got into a lot of different things at that time. And I think they were trying to get rid of me because I was I was licensed actually. I think that was one of the reasons And they probably just saw that I was bored as hell, like also, but it also could be because I'm black there. I'm not going to say that that's not a possibility. I don't know Mm -hmm. that for sure. Um, But I just got blessed that I was able to um, go to Berardi before I really had to find out what the heck that was. So yeah, Berardi came along. They were looking for someone to run their Detroit office. This is 2017. That came because they were looking at folks for NOMA. And I'm the current president, and so mm-hmm. able to show that I had leadership skills, at least on the resume. Uh, but then also because... <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you didn't do okay as a president, okay? And, and repeat president, okay.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be honest. Right. like I, didn't run, I, I don't know if I went back and looked at my resume, like what what actually says I could run a firm? Like it, it really didn't. Like there wasn't nothing there that would say that, to be
1: quite honest. And you're, you're a great communicator, Brian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're a really good communicator
0: as soon as I met with uh them and I was like they were like well, they weren't sure who it was or what it was they were doing but they were like we need somebody local to be local or do local and like really be a part of the city and nah, 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 nah. I was like this is my job I-, I don't know why you're talking to anybody else this is I'm your guy <laughs> I'm your guy period point blank like that was I, I didn't say all this but in my head like I think I did say it eventually, but like that was after a couple of interviews and I was like, nah. And that was a huge experience because now, so now I'm actually leveling up. I, I went from the nine to five, not being challenging to every day being challenging. I was like,
1: oh,
0: whoa, so this is the other side. This is the <laughs> business
2: side. This is the, this is the full circle side yeah. of things. I was like, I don't know if there's any in between. I'm just letting you know that, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I guess there isn't because you're either on. <laughs> You're either on one side or the other, or you're doing both, right? I guess there isn't an in between because either you're on that production side or you're helping on the business side, or you're literally doing the whole thing, mm-hmm. which I really don't recommend. And I'm doing it right now. I <laughs> I, I don't recommend that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you started learning, you know, like well, I was hire a consultant for say, this. You're, learn,
1: <laughs> you're learning a lot, yeah, though, yeah. as you're doing hire it. Hire a consultant and for you, that. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes yes no i'm working i'm definitely my dad will say that uh, you know like and i and i learned a lot from my dad and that's where i get a lot of you know i definitely would get a lot of my work ethic i actually get it from both parents but you know specifically my dad and he was always a do-it-yourselfer like everything Mm -hmm. like my favorite story is that they live in southfield right and there's a ravine so uh rouge river you know pretty much in their backyard and there's a nice drop off about 10 feet from the house. So there's these 40 foot trees right behind the house. And he called somebody out to get them cut down. And they were like, yeah, it's is gonna be 10,000. It's gonna be 15,000. He's wow, like, that is a lot. because they couldn't get to the trees easily. And that's why the cost was so high. So he was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing that, but we'll figure this out. Right. A <sighs> Couple of weeks later, I go over there because I'm living in Pontiac. Think about that at this time. And I'm like, what is this? He buying all this rope. Like, like really thick rope. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to cut down the trees. What are you talking about? He had, he had bought books, watched YouTube on how to not only climb trees, but how to cut them down while up there.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So he proceeds to do this. He proceeds to climb the tree, oh, trims man. the trees, 40-foot trees. This is like 30, 40-foot trees. He's up there cutting them down and okay that was crazy enough dad great great job you trimmed all the trees good he's like oh no I'm not done like what do you mean you're not done he's like I'm logging these these trees oh so he learned how to log with YouTube videos like he got a couple books I, I, I don't like my dad that's always been my dad's skills like if he needs to know how to do something he'll just He'll read wow. up on it and then just do it, like period. So he learns how to log the trees, right? So cuts them in six foot sections by <laughs> himself. He's up there at the thirty foot. He's cut. He's got it cut. It's tied to another tree and it swings down. I just remember my mom's face. I think this is the first or second time he had done it. The tree's literally like waving back and forth about five, six feet. He's just up there like, yeah. And Mike's like, oh, my God. And I just think it's funny. I, I mean, I'm also amazed. Like, I don't know how you do this. So he ends up doing this for three or four more trees. He built a kiln. He modified his chainsaw to create lumber out of the logs. He had wood for 10 years after he did that. And he built
1: all kinds of
2: stuff oh in the my house.
1: Goodness.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: You showed me some of his woodwork. Yeah. Look, yeah. So he, he's taught himself that and also. Oh, yeah. Know, he has craftsmanship a, and all that.
2: So He's a master woodworker. Just a little bit of words of wisdom. You don't want to mine everything <laughs> for architecture with your own fur. Right. No. <laughs> I'll just go put that 10-bit in there.
1: No don't, don't wow. be uh cutting down the trees and <laughs> figuratively speaking. Yeah, fig- yes. Figuratively so, speaking. I know you're
2: supposed to, you know, what what is it? The the, <laughs> the Franklin Covey book, you're supposed to climb to the top and see what the forest look like, but you ain't gotta you cut the whole tree down to <laughs> manage yourself. They, they don't say that in the book.
0: <laughs> just saying. Oh uh, no. No, they don't. Oh, it's it, that's one of my favorite dad stories. Like it just oh, I, wow. that just tells me everything about
2: them. I could see how that can that can mold you. Is he gonna write a book about this now too? I oh my god! Don't don't start with that because I've been <laughs> trying to get him.
0: I've been trying to get him just to set up a camera and and YouTube himself making all the stuff. He literally made this custom uh, trailer for his pontoon boat because we go we used to go fishing a lot. boat got stolen it was a little 20-foot boat you know that he had already done a bunch of mods to like we had leather seats and like all kinds of you know nice little mods to it somebody stole the boat so he ends up getting a pontoon which is like just an individual boat that has has the inflatables on the side but it it was really difficult to transport and then transfer off the thing and you know so he has i mean he's built this whole custom situation to this thing like so it, now he now he has a winch on his car so that it it pulls the the pontoon up and releases it down. He's customized the trailer so that it's easier to unload and upload, and you know makes it easier. He's like, I tracked it. I was like, at first it was like forty minutes, and now with the winch and some of the other mods done, I'm I'm twenty minutes out, out the car, like twenty minutes out the car. I'm <laughs> on the water. I was like, yep,
1: sounds right, Dad. Wow.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, stick-to-itiveness is in the family. Right, (laughs) Right, exactly.
1: So I do want to talk a little bit more about variety, but before we get too close to the end, I want to get into this 3D house printing and how you, you are the designer of the first 3D printed house in Michigan. It will be the first. Um, So how did you get into that? Uh, what made you want to take on this project that there really was no blueprint for, blueprinting, <laughs> figurative <laughs> end, literally. <laughs> and uh, what's the project doing right now?
0: Yeah. So actually, it goes back a little bit. My my thesis actually was around digital fabrication. So this is 2011, yeah. Actually, it was Cobalt Hall. So it was it was really funny. I had done my research project around that, expanding it, making it competitive with other convention centers. And then after my thesis, after I got done, they had announced, about it was like literally three months after that, they had announced these additions and modifications to Kobo Hall. And I'd say about 75% of the stuff that I had thought about how to improve Kobo, they were doing that. I had no idea at the time who was doing the architect or anything uh, about the project which is funny i probably should have known that so i was doing
1: the, <laughs> research <on> the project <laughs> did you know that uh, you didn't know that sdg was and that sims nope. varner had been the architect for the nope. addition and all that okay
2: uh, yeah it probably would have tied me to the project even more so than i was that was that was one of the things like in school it would have been nice to have some precedence like, Oh, this is a black architect did this. Right. right. And, right. um, you know, give you some motivation and you, while you working in the studio, like, okay, I'm gonna see if I can improve upon their design or whatever, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, so, Oh, so digital fabrication is something I have been, um, looking at for a long time. So something I was interested in really kind of before the, the 3d printers were really taking off and, it was very early before even they got the, the the lab they do it now at ltu um they had i think it was, they had just kind of started it honestly when i was finishing so like that's always been in my mind thinking about the next piece of architecture or looking forward but it came about actually because of garen really uh tom woodman of citizen robotics he had done a presentation about what they were doing building buildings with robots so I had seen her on a couple of lectures and um that were facilitated from Space Lab. So uh that's where that connect initial connection was made but then when he was asking or looking for, you know, someone, I was like, "Well, yeah, like this this sounds really cool." Now, it's about the clients for me, so whenever I take on a project it's really important that um I like who I'm working with and that we can have a relationship because something bad will happen there will be some issue, there will be some problem. And if we, me and my client already have a bad relationship, that situation will only get
1: worse, Mm -hmm.
0: period. So for me to, you know, take on a client, we just got to have a good vibe. Like it has to feel like it it works right. And everything that, you know, they were talking about citizen robotics was everything I've already been doing, you know, working with project pipeline, working with youth and, trying to get them into the field of architecture and then something really innovative like yeah i need to i need to jump on that whether they had money at the time or not didn't matter like there was an opportunity on the table and i was like let's just figure this out because i saw that it could be bigger i thought i saw this this moment we're in now that this could actually be real i don't know where this is going from here i'm gonna be 100 um but the fact that we are here and we're in the process right now, they are printing the walls, they are pouring the the foundation and pouring the slab pretty much as we speak. So it's actually happening. And it wasn't until they got the printer that I was like, oh, wow, we actually might actually do this. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) but then it became a lot like every other project where you got to have site control, you got to own the land and, you know, all those fun things. But to just learn about this technology was has been really interesting. And the approach that we had really initially was to make it not look 3D printed. It was going to compete with stick built, right? So it needs to look like the house next door. Now cost gets in the way of some things, but <laughs> uh, yeah. that was the initial concept, which I was on board with because if if this is going to be a competitive way to build, then it needs to output the same things. If you're 3D printing a part for something that's already existing, it needs to work the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Now, can we improve upon it? Does it? Can we make the 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 look better? Yeah, but first we have to do the first one. <laughs> we have to see how this thing works. We yeah. have to find the efficiencies. We have to uh, make it work better from at least the initial part. So it's a lot of learning. We're still learning. We're still <laughs> there's still a lot to be learned because of how we're doing it which um I have not seen anyone do it this way yet um where we are printing offsite and delivering pieces onsite so like a prefab kind of situation and we did that because it's michigan so we're, we weren't even going to bother trying to goof around with the weather let's just print it where we know we can control mm-hmm. the weather yeah. and and then
2: deliver it onsite please tell me you're doing a noma construction tour of this thing
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I was already telling the Noma students. Uh, I have a, so I do. One of my my intern is a UAD student, which I converted to, to a Noma. So I was like, wait a minute, you ain't you you not a Noma student. Hold on, sir. Like, <laughs> okay. uh, I did tell them that. So we'll, we'll we'll be coordinating. So yeah, it's really trying to take that next step of like, okay, what now that we're here and we're building the thing? How can we start? laying those seeds for the next piece. How can we get the young folks in and doing something
2: amazing? Are you recording this process?
0: Yeah, so I have a, I have a time-lapse camera uh, up there right now in the facility and I'll put it up again on site. So we'll be, you know, when they actually start delivering the pieces and the house going up, I'll have a the, can, the time-lapse camera there too.
1: When you started this, I didn't realize that you had taken robotics, you were in robotics in high school, Hmm. or Mm -hmm. that you, your thesis was about digital fabrication. Like, every
2: time we talk to somebody, yeah, we learn something, we learn something. Right, that just, you know.
0: The funny thing is, I didn't make the connection between the robotics. You
1: didn't? (laughs) After after you brought up up the thesis, too. I was like, you took robotics, that's Exactly what he's doing right
0: now. (laughs) Wow. You know, it's just something. It's it's all in there churning. He's just like spitting it out. Like,
2: where did that come from? I'm just
0: doing the work. That's all. I'm
2: just
1: doing the work.
0: (laughs) It's working, you
1: know. I think it's great, though, you know, when you were starting the 3D printing of the house, you weren't looking at it as something for your resume or something to necessarily build, develop architecture but you were looking at, at it as an opportunity for people coming into architecture and young people getting into construction and the built environment professions to see this as an opportunity to learn technology and new ways to build things.
0: Yeah, because my hope is that we're doing more, right? So the, the, the first one is great, but then how can, how can we continue to move this forward, right? Because if yeah. this does take off, right? And this becomes a a major thing um, in the construction industry or becomes, you know, how certain projects get done. Well, then that means the architect is now the GC for the most part, right? Mm Because my revenue model or whatever, you know, program will go directly to the printer. And yeah, maybe some modification, but like the idea is like, no, it's one-to-one, right? It becomes that master builder kind of situation because I've done everything digitally. Like I've put all the information in there already. Like it's all ready to go. It needs to be formalized for that printer, right? But then if I'm working, if that's that's all we're doing, or that's a you know huge segment of what we're doing, we're already set up to do that. So like the thing we're outputting is the thing it needs. So uh, I mean that would be amazing to be be on that end and that you're literally seeing the thing come right out. Like you're, you're designing it and it it, it just it's, yeah. it's happening. But I mean, that's still hmm. you know ways away, but because, you know, all the all the same things. Well, you still have to have a site, you still have to have a foundation, you still have to like, right. it's like it's right. not unless, you know, maybe we solve those problems, too. I don't know. But the efficiency of it right now, it's still like a process to it, the normal process to it. But that's where, you
2: know, maybe some innovation does happen. No, that's exciting. I mean, I, I saw the article that came out on you. I was like, OK, I'm watching and just so busy doing the Noma conference, I didn't get chance to go out to the facility. But I'm definitely looking forward to what you're gonna do here future, and you know, with the a, a tour, and I'll be out there. Yeah,
1: Oh yeah,
0: we'll be showing that thing off for sure. Like, um, because it is a mission project, so it is getting state funding. Oh, nice. It's affordable home. I'm pretty sure that'll be big to do when we open the door.
1: So, have you determined what your purpose is?
0: Fully, yeah, no, but like I really feel like. I'm here to lay that foundation, how, how that foundation gets built. I mean, that's for me to figure out, but it's laying that foundation. That's why I want to build, develop architecture. It's not, it wasn't about just seeing my name up in lights because you, know, hey, you, gotta, you gotta feel good about that. But I got so much joy out of hearing that our project pipeline students have gone on into architecture. Mm-hmm. Kurt, Welsh getting licensed was so huge for me because mm-hmm. I was there, I, like I met him like this is eight years ago now. Right. And mm-hmm. just wow. kept encouraging him. Just like, yeah, man, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this and just see his journey and actually, you know, complete it, you know, and or just that part of it. Right. I was so excited when he called me and then left that message. I left him a message back and he was just like <laughs> he said he just laughed because I was just like so excited <laughs> that he actually <had> license. <laughs> me. I mean it just it just felt so good. Like it's you know, just the help I just know that I've helped someone get there. And what's interesting is like at conference, I did take one of the NCARB courses and he was talking about licensure is a confirmation of competency, mm. of being able to do mm-hmm. everything as an architect. Really, when you say you're licensed, it's not, not you could or could. It's just like you have the capacity, you have the competency mm-hmm. to do whatever it is that you're designing because there is no restrictions on a licensed architect. So, but it was just about a competency, right? it's a like confirmation of competency. And I was like, Yeah, that's what it that's what it feels like. So that's what I want to make sure that I'm outreaching, you know, to other folks. It's like, you it's just confirming, it. you, you know, how to do all this. That's why you're being encouraged to take the test because you have the capacity and the competency to do that work.
2: I like the baseball hat you have that you say, you know, you're a, I'm a licensed architect. Yes. So <laughs> that was, that was my whole thing. It's like, I wanted to be able to say I'm an architect. Don't, 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 I don't want to say I'm a designer. I'm like, no, 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 no.
0: yeah no that was just that was just one of those things like and it just it's literally it was a black hat that licensed architect and it had the state of Michigan outline and that's I I wore it quite a bit there was a long time I wore that like every day out there um (laughs) just wanted people to know
1: right (laughs) you know put it on (laughs) in the morning look in the mirror be like I'm going to work yeah
2: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) um You want to talk a little bit about the work that you've done with Motor City Match and helping small businesses across the city?
0: Yeah, that's actually been a really great program, even though there's some negative pub about it. But I've seen it do a lot of great things. And yeah, not worked out in some other cases. But the reality is, is it's hard to do this work. Um, And they were literally the programs asking folks to create a business from nothing and have a physical location (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't don't, it's a lot to ask anyone so the funny thing is is i actually actually got awarded uh business planning for develop architecture so i was just like well bring my business to this and i'm sitting there doing the business planning meetings and i'm like so you're asking these folks even if they have already a business but they're running out of their house or doing this you're asking them to then have a physical location like the The leap that that actually is. and then there was really yeah. no process of like the architecture piece. Like this was all talking about just the business side of it and running the business. And I was like, you have a whole nother piece to this that is not really being laid out. It wasn't really the fall of the program. it's just like there This is a big ask, right? So I realized very quickly that I needed to help folks through this process. One of my favorite, projects is diamond design beauty school over in harbortown uh marlene brooks no quit in her she's amazing so it took a bit to get going i had drawings ready to go this was a it was a beauty school so like you know hair nails uh and then massage therapy so like if she was teaching all that i had the space ready to go we're ready to submit permits and she calls me and she's like um they gave my space away And i was oh, like wow. excuse me
2: oh my goodness
0: She was like, yeah, they gave my space. They said uh, my time was up on my hold period and they gave my space away.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Okay, so what they're doing, they gave me this other space. I need you to come and see it. Wow. Okay, went and seen this other space. And it's like this little narrow little space. I was like, well, you're not getting all the thing and everything in here. And she was like, yeah, no, I know there's this another space in the back. So I go in the back it is this garbage space. Like seriously, they had never built out the space at all. Like it was all raw. Like the windows were like a hundred years old. And I'm just like, they gave you the space for free, right? She was like, no, (laughs) you're you're getting the same price, right? And she's like, yeah. So like it was bigger and it was gonna cost more money to improve, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, HVAC equipment would be larger. You know, more paint, more drywall, more everything, right? So I was like, all right, well, are you, are you moving forward with your space? She's like, yeah, I got to. Like, this is this is it. This is what we're doing. I was like, all right, cool. And she was like, well, I don't have any extra funds right now. You know, like the whole Mortar City match, had been used up for that. Okay. I was like,
2: "Yeah,
0: all right, well, I'm not going to leave you dry. And I'm also not going to fight about you on, like, a couple thousand dollars, honestly. Like, it was like, I got you. We're going to figure this out, right? So we completely redesigned the thing. I thought I could like cobble it together. Mm-mm, nope. I had a box and now I had a T. It <laughs> would not <That> fitting. It's like, it's <laughs>
2: geometry. I was like, nah, that's yeah, not that's fitness. just geometry.
0: Um, but what actually came out of it was an even better space because like now when you go there, you'll enter in the, in the small space that has like the retail space up front, but then like she has FAFSA, right? So this is her trying to get her FAFSA to actually be a school where she can get FAFSA mm-hmm. loans. Um, so we made it kind of like, you kind of wander a bit into the space. And then when you get to the back, it opens up and it's this really fantastic space that just has nothing but the, like the beauty chairs and the, um, the wash stations. And it just really opens up and it's just it's just really amazing. But so that that made me and the whole team proud and I know Marlene loves the space and you know she's done amazing because like she's been able to get it certified the fastest of any 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 school because mm. it's supposed to take like wow. three years. She got done in two, mm. but that's just because how <laughs> how on it she was, right? Mm. And she is. So shout out to uh Marlene Brooks at Diamond Design Beauty School. So right. like that one. I didn't know that you was a big that project. Success. <laughs>
2: that's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So that that one was a big success and just seeing her excitement of all her students that have come through even during COVID and all that stuff. So that was a big one.
2: No, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, like your whole view towards entrepreneurship yourself and then working with entrepreneurs Yeah, I can see how, see, like I said, that, that client always, you attract the type of clients that you, that you are. Uh, so that I see that that's a good fit.
0: They don't bring me nothing easy. I'll tell you that. Like, like why don't you bring me easy stuff?
1: Like, come on. Because <laughs> they know you can handle the harder stuff.
2: You know, we want to do something we never did before. Let's print a house. You know, you, you yeah, got right. yeah, it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That is good.
1: Well, Brian, we appreciate your time. And there are lots of other things we could talk about, so we going to have to have you back at some point.
2: Yes, please, because, yeah. Well,
1: we I'll... haven't talked about the board games.
2: Oh, the inventor of all, yeah.
1: Yes. I remember talking inventor. to you during the
2: last recession, and we were talking about board games, and that's yeah. when I found out, like, an architect did the board game Scrabble during the recession, doing one of the stresses. Really? On the town oh, track. really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that either. Think about it. It would take an architect to cut up them wood pieces yeah. right into- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we go play. And Draw the, the letters on them.
0: Right, On the grid. Yep. On the grid. Yeah.
2: We're going to make this the bonus square, you know. But yeah, we have And that. we come up
0: with rules. Yeah. No, I get it. I like, yeah. I have a basketball board game that I, I will be mm-hmm. putting out this year. So like that's Oh, you are gonna, gonna put it out this year? Oh, okay. I'm gonna put out yeah, I have to. I gotten I've gotten art upgrades, i have gotten uh, graphic upgrades. <laughs> I have to actually mm-hmm. do this thing now. Okay.
1: <laughs> I
2: can't, okay. okay.
0: So, right. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta yeah, you gotta sure.
2: come back just to talk about that. It's like okay. <laughs> I more than happy to. More yeah, than right. happy to. So yeah. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. Yeah. yeah
0: appreciate you guys too yeah honestly like you know it's been great uh sandra like i really appreciate it. I, every time i see you i, it's, I always tell you i want to grow up and be just like you you know <laughs> oh my goodness. i don't know be careful with your ass well be careful no, I, <laughs> no, I, you know it just like you know no just somebody to you know watch and, and see how they do stuff and right. you know, learn from you know that's really been amazing and then karen like really just been supportive this whole time of me and my career. Um and
2: I well, honestly Karen, I'm Karen still has done glad the I same able... for me. So that, like when I said hire a consultant, that's how I, that's mm. how we became as close as we are because I was like, <laughs> Hey go. Karen, I need some help with this business development. You do some marketing <laughs> stuff. i like, I need I need your help. <laughs>
1: there you go. Can't do it all. So <laughs> Oh no, you can't. Yes. You
0: can't. I'm just glad that I was able to sell that Ferrari. Should move into the space labs, and that's yes, been thank going, you. So thank
1: you for <laughs> yeah. our first, our first member, first yeah, uh, right, space right. occupant.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, see, that, and that stuff like that made me feel really good. You know, like yeah. just just building things together. She's created quite the
2: hub of connections with her, uh, yes, <laughs> with her space lab. I hope so. Like. That was the intention, <laughs> so go. I hope we are doing Just <laughs> say her laboratory, yes. yes. <laughs> <My> lab- <laughs> 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 no, definitely some some great connections have happened to space labs. So yeah. Way to go, Karen.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, but I appreciate you all. Couldn't do it without our first uh, member and our Architect of the space. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
2: look at it. All the connections. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All look at the connections this, right at this, here. on. This. Look at this network. We're going to end it all with network. Right. right? Look at this network. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Hidden in Plain Sight, and that spelled S-I-T-E, we really would appreciate your rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone else who would love it too, please share it with them. If you're looking for more content like this, Hidden
1: in Plain Sight is part of the Gable Media Network. You can find similar shows at GableMedia.com. That's G A B L Media.com. And before you go, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on the contributions of our upcoming contemporary and trailblazing architects.
2: Want to learn more about the unknown ladies of architecture? Then I recommend you
1: listen to She Builds Podcast, where we tell the stories of remarkable women who have shaped the design and construction industries. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm Nurjiti. And I'm Lizzie. After we graduated from Syracuse
2: University School of Architecture,
1: we set out to learn and share the untold stories of women that traditional school curriculum left out. One day, there's an announcement on campus that women had been seen wearing, quote, inappropriate clothing.
0: Gasp! What the heck does that mean? Yeah, so it turns out that Ruth and her fellow classmates were these women. They had field classes where they're doing welding, forging, and foundry work. And obviously, they have to wear jeans to those classes
1: instead of like dresses or whatever else. While Gertie was in school, she wasn't just going to classes, trying to stay alive like some of us. I know that was me in school, yep. just taking it day by day. Yes. But not Gertie. She became the president of Evigol, an honorary association of Cornell women architects. Of course she did. These are stories not taught in schools. Women who've molded the world of architecture, construction, and development for over a century. From Jane Jacobs to Ray Eames, She Builds Podcast explores the legacies of trailblazers. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Let's fill the gaps in history together. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and subscribe and be part of a movement to
1: expand industry narratives.